Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by a full house. I have on the mics right now, Chloe Patterson. Oh, oh, oh. Eric Smith. Oh, oh, oh. And, holy shit. <laughs> Desi on the counter. Faith is here too, everybody. Faith is here as well. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Faith. Your, uh, your introduction got cut off because my insane cats are trying to sabotage the show. Desi wants that spotlight, baby. Uh, it is a Monday episode. What does that mean? We have an interview for you. The fantastic, the brilliant Melissa Harris Perry is on the show. And we are talking about a whole bunch of stuff. She has some fascinating recommendations for all of you. Nice. Um, We talk about emotion versus sentiment. This is us. White supremacy. What else do you fucking people want? We talk about everything. So please follow Melissa Harris Perry on Twitter. She's phenomenal. Can I make a terrible confession? Yeah, I guess. I've not watched This Is Us. Um, I'm not the biggest fan. Okay. I understand why people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I don't like shows that feel like I've been invited to an awkward dinner party. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's just a family having drama. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't uh, need to know this. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you should all the person this who married. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> this is personal stuff. Like, I, I don't like watching shows like that. I haven't seen it. I think I, I literally only want to just to see if it'll make me cry. I mean, that's what it's designed to do. Yeah. And we t- I talk about that with Melissa where, like, she... It's like, yeah, it's designed in a lab to make you cry. But like, right. it feels like a challenge, and I want to watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chloe has recently discovered that she has the ability to cry. Yeah, so. it's crazy. <laughs> Chloe so versus like, This Is Us. <laughs> I really Next enjoyed, on Light Treason. <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing, uh, you. what movie did you cry uh, in? Love, Simon. Love, Simon, uh, because it was the movie, the only movie you had seen without Allison and I'm Rachel so after try, them trying to like... Oh, so mad. After they I basically tried to see fucking Call, call me, me By, by your, your Name, name <laughs> and she was like a rock. I could just feel and Allison. Afterwards, Rachel gets up and like her eyes are puffy and swollen. And I'm like, well, I knew I would make you cry. Yeah. When you guys were talking about that on the show, it sounded like Allison and Rachel had like um, clockwork orange to you. <laughs> I mean, and they just like kidnapped you like, cry. They tried. Watch the movies and cry. A little bit. Uh, guys, before we get to the pop culture segment of the show, which I feel like we're all ready in, ooh, sort ooh. of, I wanted to make a couple announcements at the top of this episode because I've been getting a lot of the same questions about how Light Trees and News works. Um, just FYI, if you are a fan of mine from Citizen Radio, your donations don't automatically switch from Citizen Radio. This is a, a question I've gotten from a bunch of people. Uh, you have to cancel your Citizen Radio membership, and then you have to sign back up at lighttreason.news. You can do so for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation. Also, a lot of people have been asking, what's the best place to donate? Light Treason News or your Patreon? Kind of a tricky question, because Patreon takes a cut of all of my donations. So, for example, if you sign up at $10 a month, I don't get the full $10. I get like $9. But you get some perks over at Patreon that you Mm -hmm. don't get at Light Trees and News. So if you want to do the online hangout, if you want to send questions that we'll answer on Light Trees and News, I'm just trying to offer different perks, different places to encourage people to sign up. So it's really up to you. If your primary concern is me getting 100% of your donation, 
go to lighttreason.news and sign up there. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. Makes sense. Okay. Cool. I think people should do both. <laughs> Still I mean, like happy. Honestly, happy. that's the goal, but I totally yeah. understand not everybody can do that. I fully get it. No. That's why the show is free to everybody. Yeah. Money um, is why don't very you just hard. direct deposit all of your paychecks into Allison's bank account? Yeah, that's <laughs> actually such a, I mean or PayPal? Allison can, has PayPal. Is that an option? Can you can you just send me your PayPal? <laughs> oh no, you need you to take, live. Uh, I get that. Do you take cashier checks? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. So the show is now pretty much by now available on every listening platform mm-hmm. and there's yes. still one person who's like I'm not on iTunes or Stitcher or Android and I don't use RSS feeds where can I hear you and Damn. I'm like I don't know how to help you <laughs> I don't know how to it's help what, you what, uh, what, uh, can I turn on my radio what station, what's, yeah, what station is this on is it on FM or AM <laughs> what's, uh, what's the best way do to, I need uh, CB radio <laughs> But uh, thank you to everybody who signed up. You're the reason the show exists right now. Yay. Patreon is dangerous because I signed up for like several Patreons and then I like logged into my account and it shows you everything you support. And I was like, oh, Damn. no, <laughs> I have I to cut you, back. Yeah. Patreon's also scary. And this is like the scary side of the gig economy. The payout feature of Patreon was down today. Oh and I was God. just like. I can't pay my rent. Yeah. Whoa. Like when that's down, it's yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Uh, but guys, let's talk about some pop culture recommendations oh. right now. I'll go first. Yes. I <laughs> already recommended this, I think, on a prior episode, but Ugly Delicious is great. It's, it's on Netflix good. right now. Yeah. However, I will say this because we have a lot of vegans who listen to the show. I am also vegan. There is a lot of graphic stuff on Ugly Delicious. Yeah. Uh, Roasted a full pig, stuff like that. And I forget sometimes because I'm weird. I'm vegan, but I can watch stuff like that. I watch so many cooking shows that are like explicitly not vegan. But there is very graphic stuff like Mm. that. So if you're squeamish, that's my warning. Oh, real quick, just to piggyback off that, it's just a very small recommendation. But if you are into cooking shows and you're vegan and you want to watch a cooking show about vegans. Um, season three, episode one of Chef's Table oh. is about a Korean monk chef okay. who is all funny. vegan. You bring up Chef's Table. Chef's Table is my anti-recommendation. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, my God. Except fight, the last fight, two fight, episodes fight. of... How many seasons are available? There's on three. Okay. So the maybe I saw the first season... Yeah, probably. Okay, so insufferable <gasps> until they get to the uh, the lesbian, uh, the Asian lesbian episode. Uh-huh, yeah. She's so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, her story is so fascinating. And she was, tr- like, raised in a very traditional household where women were taught to be subservient to men. And she was like, fuck this. Oh, yes. Um and she's a phenomenal chef now. Her partner works in the kitchen with her, and they're mm. fucking adorable. Uh, but until then, it is like a parade of egotistical mm. male chefs who are basically like, "Yeah, I haven't seen my kids in five years, but <laughs> I'm a chef." So <laughs> but like, don't us, you right? like the first episode with Massimo? He's okay. He's, He's okay. I love Massimo. Massimo's that, okay. That was so good. But the two episodes after that, I didn't like, like the the other. One. I mean, I I think it's a very good show. Like, it is stylistically, like a trip it's very cool. Through the male ego, and then they like <laughs> throw they throw shit like this into the ether where they're like, "Yeah, I learned everything from my grandmother," 
And I'm like, oh, so you learned everything from a woman. Mm-hmm. But you're the one who's famous and rich from it. And there are no women in your fucking kitchen. Yeah. It's infuriating. But there there are a couple like redeeming moments. But what I love about I mean, Ugly it, Delicious is sort of like it's the antithesis of the chef's table in a lot of ways. Because if you haven't seen Ugly Delicious, it gets into a lot of like cultural appropriation questions. Yeah. and like. But chef's table feels very like it also struck me as the like the negative stereotypes everybody has of chefs, mm-hmm. like the very small pretentious portions that are incredibly yeah, expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I love that shit. Oh, oh god! But I think you would really like this episode though, uh, uh, season three, episode one, because she's not a professional chef. Mm. She cooks for just um, the I don't know what to call it the. Um, she she's a monk and she lives amongst like a very small group of other monastery? monks. I don't know if monastery is, is monastery right? the right word. I wanted to say monastery. I I'm not so. sure. Yeah, that's what they yeah. call is it. it called? Yeah. That so she's right. she cooks for her monastery and that's it. Mm. She doesn't do it for as a job. Mm. She's just a monk and she cooks for a monastery. But um, there's a uh, a very famous French chef in New York named Eric Repair, mm-hmm. uh, and he disc- uh, he. I don't remember the entire story, but he came in contact with her and started bringing her to New York to cook just for events and stuff. And so that's how people found out about her cooking. Yeah. Um, I like, honestly, the first season of chef's table I watched, I was like, are they just going to have all male chefs? I really thought that was going to happen because I didn't see the names. And then they have Mickey's episode and I was like, great. Okay. Mm -hmm. They got one woman in here. Uh Um, And of course her episodes is is the best. (laughs) Like, (laughs) okay. Uh, But, I think, yes. not to derail this, I think Penny is eating my shoe. Oh, no, she's just rubbing her chin oh, on okay. it. Oh, yeah. okay. Good, good, good. Are you cool <laughs> Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, so those <laughs> are my two recommendations. Hell yeah. I have I have listening and watching. Oh, wow. Is it too much? Wow. Uh, Can I mean, we handle it? No, because you <sighs> have luck. to bounce for the second episode. So oh why don't you give God. us all your... Okay, listening. Duh, Haley Kyoko, so gay. I so swear good. to God, this is like the third time you've recommended I, that. We just did. You mentioned her in your improv. <laughs> I, we literally yeah. did an improv show, and I made a joke that I knew would hit with two people, and I did it anyway. <laughs> and they both laughed. I'm they pretty sure because I heard very like, I yeah, heard the I, kind of laughter. Of I like, laughed. <laughs> I heard the kind of laughter of like, I get it. <laughs> I get the ju- and then but then i like circled back and i was like it's a niche reference and then that got a laugh so i covered um, both ends baby right. uh, uh every time you say that name this is just my own uh, every time you say that name i keep i keep thinking you're saying kaylee kuoko yep oh the big bang theory actress theory oh my god <laughs> i'm like what yeah, she put out a very gay <laughs> album i didn't know her name That's i always just called that would be a shocking twist actress. yeah <laughs> I, every time blood. you say it i'm like what no, what's happening uh yeah, there's not much to say except it's very gay, very good, like unapologetically gay. And it's just or like queer, I should say. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's all for that. Okay. But that's a good one. My watching F, is that the right word? Watching? It like sounds weird. Watching? What did you say? Watching. Watching? <laughs> I know that's a word, but like <laughs> what's the way you you say viewing? Viewing. 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 Uh, Chloe, how do you have the most? You have Chloe. What just every, happened? Chloe, of all of everyone I know, you have the most adult professional job. And I like, think I s- read more than any of us. <laughs> and you were just like, is watching a word? Guys, 
I think the reason I'm so tired is like if you saw the person I put on for eight hours a day, <laughs> I become the most like professional, nice person, and then I walk I out and I'm you. like tongues out and drugs are out. Tongues out, drugs out, tongues out, drugs out. That's your shirt. That's your summer <laughs> shirt. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like a sleeveless shirt. It says tongues out, drugs uh-huh. out. <laughs> oh my god, is this well, guys? I just, we got to make that shirt now. I think yeah. I just created an Etsy store. <laughs> An entire store. <laughs> Tongues out, drugs out. Honestly, look, it's the new I smiley face. <laughs> Honestly, I am not an animated person <laughs> and I don't do drugs and I never have. 100% straight edge. I would wear that shirt. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to be right back. <laughs> I got to immediately write Nate Bear and be like, do I have a slogan for you? <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> but the recommendation yes. is take your pills on a documentary on Netflix. Wait. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> I will. Do you not want me to say? I'm scared. Do you could say it? Okay. So, Chloe <laughs> writes me the the other day, and she's like, "Sorry if I'm rambling. I'm on a lot of Addy." <laughs> and I go, "Chloe, did you take Adderall?" And then she's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay. Well, there's." A documentary on Netflix you should watch. And she was like, I, I already watched it. I was super high. So I was like, so you watched the documentary on Adderall and then you took Adderall? That's like the opposite message you were supposed to take out of that. Wait. Like, wait, like Chloe wait. writes a letter to the producers. is like, thank you. This thank is you a, so much. I, honestly, I wasn't even going to try the Adderall, but then it was so good. Your documentary you was so, so good. I, yeah, I, was, I wasn't high on Addy. I was high on weed when I watched it. Right. And in a beautiful moment of irony as they're like preaching to like not do drugs i dropped hot ash on my (laughs) chest (laughs) and like full-on burned myself Uh, and it was bad but anyway it's a documentary it was very interesting it was definitely parker said that after she watched it too she was like i kind of want to take adderall yeah they definitely were coming from like a point of like nobody should do adderall it's addictive it's like it's just like one compound away from meth da 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 but really? all I wanted to do was fucking take out I mean, that one happens. compound away from meth. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Aren't> we <laughs> if I see something about drugs, it doesn't matter if they're being like negative or whatever. I'll yeah. be like, I want to do that one. Yeah. It definitely, because <laughs> it like focuses on like some college, a college girl. Um, An incredibly focused college girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because they, the people that they had as examples, like four or five people, all were like so negative about it. Like one kid. His mom put him on it when he was a child and he's like angry about it now and like mm. resentful because he like didn't make that choice and he feels like, sure. I don't know. It was very interesting. He didn't have a say in the matter. Yeah. 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 So that's my rec. Uh, Eric, other than fucking unbearably pretentious chef's table. <laughs> oh, I could keep going about just like aggro male chefs. I could just keep going no. all day. Next face. <laughs> <laughs> I reject it. <laughs> um... This is very on brand for me, but I just started watching that 70s show for the first time. Oh, my God. Yes. It's a great show. Yeah. It is so good. I, I am enjoying it. That's Who's your favorite character? Um, Don't say Danny Masterson. <laughs> I had oh, no. such a big crush on Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite. He's like, the other thing is, he would probably be kind of annoying in person. Oh, the but worst. I'm but like, oh, he's the Wait, best character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys know he's like a monster now, right? Yeah. yeah. He's okay. a rapist. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just making sure we're on the no, same You're page. not telling me anything new, Eric. <laughs> uh, no. When the show first came on, yes. though, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Donna's th- great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Jackie. She's 
unbearable. <laughs> so great. I think that show is very like. I think a lot of people think about this like the shtick of the show, but it's like a, just a very well written sitcom. It's like really just like a great like a classic sitcom. Yeah. That doesn't really get talked about in that in that vein of like oh, classic sitcoms. Anytime Red yelled at fucking Topher Grace. Yeah. Oh, mm. so good. Called him a dumbass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Topher Grace is so good at playing low status. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, guys, any other anything else? We still have a little bit of time in the <gasps> pop culture. Oh, I thought we were running long. What an exciting. Reveal. No, no, we're good. We're good. Um, you guys talk. I took up so much of that. You guys. Chloe came prepared. <laughs> I was ready. Yeah. I have a book but i can save that for the yeah, next episode uh, you guys have to do another hour so you're good if you want to save stuff um i honestly haven't been do yourself a favor go on youtube and watch burlesque videos i don't know <laughs> yeah. that's a good one yeah. yeah yeah i've actually i've never seen i don't think i've ever seen one you've never been to a burlesque show definitely never been i don't think i've even seen one okay I've, we gotta yeah. we gotta go to a show one of these yes. weekends oh i'm because yeah. Down. I'm free Saturdays this month, yes. so we'll get tickets. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. Bless shows are cool. Bless shows are also, if you're interested, like, for people that are interested in, like, character comedy. Yeah. It's, like, weirdly the best place to do it. Because, like, Whoa. character comedy is, like, hard to do. <laughs> like, in the, like, it's, like, people either want to do, like, stand-up shows or improv shows. And, like, but, like the like burlesque shows have tons of like character actors it's like, really interesting like incorporated into yeah usually mm-hmm. like the host is usually a character and then usually like some of the acts um that are not like stripping or like usually like a character of some sort mm-hmm. it's really like, really interesting yeah it's super interesting. good recommendations and then there's like jugglers and aerialists and cool. it's, it's i saw good times. uh we went to a burlesque show i saw a contortionist live for the <gasps> oh first time oh my god it was, was it crazy so wild it was banana and then he also did like magic he did a classic magic trick but did it the best version of it i've ever seen uh the trick where you yeah, tear up a newspaper and then it's back together yeah he did the best version i've ever seen though i was literally like oh my that's <laughs> magic's real yeah it's real <laughs> it's real guys and eric floated away <laughs> i wanted to be a magician for a long time all right i you absolutely can't talk about that on <laughs> <laughs> so guys we're gonna go now to my interview with melissa harris perry please follow her on twitter m harris perry she's the best i've known her so long and she's always had my back and she's brilliant and wonderful so please enjoy The deal with the new show, which you'll currently be on at this moment, is that things are so shitty right now in the world that I want to like pause and take some time to talk about the stuff that makes us happy and like what we're thankful for. So I wanted to check in with you and see what you're watching, listening to, or reading right now that's making you happy. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, watching, listening to, or reading? Yes. Well, so um, actually there's a, um, several books out, um, like, gosh, in the last like month that have been, um, it's funny, happy is such a weird word to think about, but like that I've been 
have been deeply engaging for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, one is, um, Brittany Cooper's, um, so (laughs) I keep saying the reason I'm kind of stumbling over this is that Brittany Cooper actually wrote three books in the past 12 months. Um, and so her most recent one is actually out, I think probably next week. Um, but because I blurbed it, I got an early copy of it and it's called eloquent rage. Um, and, she was just here at Wake Forest literally the past two days, Monday and Tuesday. Um, and that book, you know, happy again, I think is the wrong word, but, um, it's so deeply engaging and she's so freaking brilliant, um, that it's, it is like a joy for me to read it. Um, and it's, it's also like very personal and revealing and, um, you know, watching this African-American woman, public intellectual who, um, I guess I was first introduced to whatever, six years ago or something. Um, and now seeing her come to full fruition is really quite, um, fabulous. Mm. Um, also, um, Ijoma, uh, Lao's book. Um, you want to talk, so you want to talk about race. Um, I went to see Ajoma when I was in Seattle, um, um, an Amazon event and she is just, oh my gosh. Um, you know, I've loved her from afar on the Twitters and, um, it was really, she was just transcendent in this, um, event that I went to in Seattle. And so I've been enjoying her text. Um, and then, you know, actually next week I'll be in New York, um, because, Patrice Khan Colors um, and Asha Bandeli together wrote um, Patrice's um, uh, auto, kind of autobiographical um, piece around the uh, movement for Black Lives. And um, it's called When They Call You a Terrorist. And again, it's not as though it makes me happy, um, but but watching Patrice, as I feel, you know, with Alicia Garza, um, you know, these extraordinary women and activists now, um, you know, writing their own books in a way that often um, the women of the civil rights movement did not. Um, and then I saw the Sherilyn Carruthers book was out this week. Like, I think she maybe, maybe yesterday she um, Instagrammed it. And I haven't read it yet. So I can't say that it makes me happy, but I smiled when I saw that her book was out. So, uh, so great recommendations. Um, what are you watching right now? I imagine you don't have a ton of time to watch TV shows or movies, but if you can like, if you have to think like way back, what was the last thing you watched where you were like, this is awesome. No, there, there's a TV show that I watched that I think is awesome. And it's so, you know, I feel so ridiculous about how much I love it. And my husband, whenever he sees me watching it, James just kind of walks through the room and rolls his eyes. <laughs> I, I really do love This Is Us. Um, um, and I know that it's like, you know, I know it's just like the most ridiculous thing to say because, you know, I'm the little, you know, interracial girl um, who loves the little interracial story. But um, I think in part because my family is um, – is interracial and um because my you know childhood was the 1970s and 80s i um there's a certain familiarity um to the show um but you know also my daughter who's having a birthday today was born to us via surrogacy and i guess i'm just kind of um appreciative of families that are made in quirky ways and although the basic premise of the show you know that you would adopt the you know, the African-American child who was left, you know, sort of left on the doorstep is in certain ways outrageous. It's actually not any more outrageous than, you know, how I made my family. And so, um, I, you know, I think 
And, you know, of course, it's also well written in order to make you cry at every second. So, <laughs> um, so I, I, it's, it's awful because my college advisor, Maya Angelou, believed in emotion, but not in sentiment. And this is just a deeply sentimental sort of show, but I, I really do love it. Ooh, I love that idea. How would you define the difference between emotion and sentiment? So I, I think at least how Dr. Angelo typically used it um, was, uh, you know, like someone could be joyful or happy or angry or sad, but like that it, it was connected to things that were real as opposed to um, our our beliefs about things and our projections. So I think what happens with sentiment and certainly with this show is that it, it jerks on our um, feelings about like what a family should be, how we would want our dad or our mom, you know, to have loved us, the things that we wish people would, you know, say, or what we imagine people are thinking. Um, and it, you know, it kind of makes them manifest, mm. but, um, but they're not, you know, it, it's sentimental in that it is, um, these are projections, um, and not, um, you know, like, mm. so I don't mean to say they're not real in the sense that no person has ever felt these things, but they, the, the reason that you cry, the reason that it, it pull, it's like that. Oh, I know the best example of sentimental is this commercial from Maxwell House Coffee that they play every Christmas where the, you know, like the, the grown son comes home and makes coffee for the mom as she comes downstairs and sees her grown son. Right. Yes. And then you cry. Right. Okay. And so what they've been playing this commercial for literally 20 years, you know, what's going to happen, but you cry because the idea of like the holidays and family and people would come and they make the coffee and everyone would be happy to see each other. Nah, that, that sentiment, right. Mm -hmm. Emotion is, you know, facing the fact that we actually don't like our brother very much. And that's why he hasn't been home in a while. Um, right. But then, you know, we nonetheless sort of pull ourselves together for the holidays, not because they are some kind of, you know, perfect projection, but rather because, you know, we have a deep commitment to family that allows us to be in the room with people who we um, disagree with, or maybe even dislike. And that's, I think that's how she would have uh, parse those things. That's interesting. I I just discovered in hearing you define that that I'm a sucker for sentiment because <laughs> I was trying to think about the last show that made me like just lose it where I was crying and I think it was the show Sense Eight, which if, uh -huh. if, you, <laughs> if you've never seen it, is it just about how like a group of people are all connected and uh, you know the the idea that one day humanity could live in harmony and it's it's a very sentimental show to the point where like they the most painful part of the show I think uh, for me to watch was how they were uh, one of the characters is a police officer and in one of the episodes they were showing like all of the various slurs the different characters could uh, be called by people so you know if there's a black character the slur against him against a woman against uh, etc um, someone who could be perceived as a terrorist and then for the cop they showed the slur uh, pig which is not a slur um, and that that was sort of like jolted me out of the show where I was kind of like I enjoy the show so much but it it sort of artificially manipulates the emotions uh, on, on many different levels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, 
uh, you know, clearly that's in part what's going on with this show. I just am hoping that it is artificially manipulating them for good and not evil. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that seems fairly benign. But when I was watching Sense8 and it was like, I mean, we're always dealing with police brutality, but something I forget which police shooting had just happened, but something had just happened. And then that episode came out and I was like, yikes. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, thanks. No, yeah. thank you. Uh, cool. So what are you what music are you listening to at the moment? Well, so, you know, I live with a, a, a husband who is at his core, an audiophile. Um, you know, I like to remind people that before my husband was a civil rights um, attorney and activist and, you know, leader of nonprofit organizations, he was a bounce music DJ in New Orleans. That's how he Oh, paid. my God. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's how he paid for college and, and, um, and law school. And so... Um, you know, I base, you know, I, I, what is always true for me, um, you know, since we've been married and our, and music is that, you know, James is my DJ and I listen to what he plays. And so he's in different moods at different times. You know, it's been Mardi Gras season today is, you know, it's over, but we were just in New Orleans. And so on kind of the run up to, um, to going, he was playing kind of, you know, a bunch of, um, New Orleans music of very kind of various kinds. So some of it was like rebirth brass band. And some of it was, um, uh, you know, like bounce music. Um, and some of it was, um, you know, cash money brothers. <laughs> and then some of it was, um, you know, the, um, you know, kind of jazz music. I think that we would, you know, you know, relate to maybe a Louis Armstrong kind of, you know, horns and that sort of thing. And so, you know, and all, all like on one playlist and, you know, it'll be in the car and he'll have a Bluetooth to the house. And I, you know, I've almost given up having my own playlist. I just, cause he's such the music person. So that's mm-hmm. what we've been to. Very cool. And then finally, what was the last movie you saw? Oh my God. In a movie theater. <laughs> or at home it doesn't have to be in a movie theater yeah because i was like in a movie theater like we have a four-year-old so i might have to go right. back to like 2014 <laughs> um let's see what is the last movie i feel like we've rented something you see it made a bit oh <laughs> no now i'm really embarrassed so i'm really i really like these um especially if i'm pulling an all-nighter which i happen to be on the you know, or at least a late nighter because I'm old. So all night is like 2 a.m. now. <laughs> um, I was pulling a late nighter writing a um, on deadline. And um, I really like these um, dystopic action movies where, mm. you know, like the earth gets eaten by, you know, some sort of either geological disaster or aliens or like I can watch that kind of thing over. Like, I think I've watched the one where, the aliens come and like zap the earth and then Will Smith saves us all. I mean, Independence Day. Yeah. There you go. Independence Day. I've watched that. There's another like Will Smith dystopic that I watched too, but I really like, you know, the movies where at some point the Statue of Liberty falls and the, um, you know, the Roman Coliseum, you know, goes all the way down and like, Mm -hmm. I'm just into that. So the one that I just watched was a geological disaster movie like this called Geostorm. And it was just like, apparently we'd get into, we've gotten to a point in like Earth's history where we actually control the weather with these 
like satellites and then somebody goes and like does terrorism on the satellites and so then it's like snowing in Afghanistan and so then the white man has to go up and fix the satellites <laughs> because of course it would be a white American who could have figured this out in space <laughs> right um but I you know I loved it and I and I watched it while I was writing undoubtedly something about you know inequity and unfairness and racism and sexism but I was watching the earth get saved by a uh, futuristic white boy. So. <laughs> That's so funny because, like, I right now I'm obsessed with true crime podcasts. And somebody the other day was like, Isn't stuff bad enough? Like, why are you obsessing about serial killers? And I'm like, I can't explain it, but I think because things are so bad, listening to that stuff is almost like meditative for me. And I can't figure out why. So, see, I also reject that things are so bad. Mm. Um, I just, you know, I don't feel that way. Um, I know that is the thing that people feel. Um, I, they just feel like not that different to me. But it could be that I've really had a like shitty two years, and so this one doesn't. <laughs> oh my god, Sam! <laughs> yeah, right. Like so. I mean, I know the thing to say is like, oh god, Trump. But like, I find him endlessly entertaining, um, you know, certainly um, destructive and, and horrifying in certain ways, but also just stunningly revealing um, both what he reveals about who we are as a people, um, how the government works. Oh, certainly his revelations of like, I just feel like no one has unmasked media better. So, you know, I'm kind of a to say that I'm a Trump fan would be wrong um, because I certainly op oppose 99.9% oh, .9 of both his policies and what he says. Um, but what I, what I don't feel is like that this moment is all bad because I think even in the context of all the horror that he is um, engaging, um, I'm, I'm so fascinated by, what happens in response to him, mm. that it's, it doesn't feel like the very worst moment, at least not for me, but acknowledging that it does for other people. Right. Like, I, I think I said this when he first got elected, but I said it was going to be a very revealing time because you're right. Like, the stuff that Trump says and what he's, his administration is working towards isn't new. It's just very, very, very transparent now what they're trying to do like they're not using the euphemisms that the republican party has used in the past and i think i said right after the election that this was really going to draw a very clear line in the sand like where everybody actually stands whereas before i feel like people could sort of wafer on certain issues and and not really um express their true intentions and now that's you can't hide as easily anymore yeah. And I, I mean, you know, there's something about that that is uh, and then watching sort of the ineptitude of, you know, it may have drawn a line in the sand, but there might not be anybody on the other side because, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, I think having had a charismatic and beloved president who was a Democrat, it was easy to believe that there was a Democratic Party mm. um, and seeing um, just how anemic the party is. Yeah. Um, response, I think is also powerful and revealing. Um, also, you know, just like to point out, I mean, I don't know how many Confederate 
um, statues came down when President Obama was president. None. Right. You know, and now like you got you got like white mayors in the middle of the night running outside and like taking their statues down and so they had <laughs> standing there, you know, since nineteen fifty or something. And and you know, um, there was this point after Charlottesville when um, you couldn't turn on TV without some like old white man saying how bad white supremacy was. And I was like, wait, are we using white supremacy in the present tense? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I actually in my entire life had never seen public officials, white public officials, use the word white supremacy in the present tense as though it actually exists. Now, clearly it did, and it has existed my whole lifetime, and other people talked about it, but the idea that it, w- it could just be a word that, you know, a Republican elected official would say, and not only say, but denounce. I mean, that shit's kind of wild. I was like, yeah. you, again, nobody did that with Obama was president. Nobody's like, we have a black president. White supremacy is wrong. Mm-mm. It was, you know, it was when the Tiki torches came out. They were like, oh, shit, um, white supremacy, that's that's wrong. So, I don't know. It's been like a, a really fascinating moment. And you know, again, Obama was someone who was, until the last day of his presidency, deporting and, you know, support, uh, separating families, deporting mothers and, and, and fathers. We would do segments on it and we would get the lowest ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the rated lower was climate change um, because nobody wanted to hear um, what that administration was doing. But man, now you turn on the TV and every day, you know, you get discourse about, why being an undocumented person doesn't mean that you're not human. And that's, again, it's it's pretty stunning to, to see that happening. So it's not, I mean, you know, I think also other people were shocked. I knew that Trump would win, so I didn't have the whole, like, getting my life back together moment. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a great point. Uh, that actually makes me feel a little better about the state of the world. So thank- Yay! <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for taking the time to do the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I hope you are well. I um, follow you and your work, you know, as you well know, and I am I'm a fan uh-huh. and I will remain one. Oh, thank you so much. I am also a fan of yours. So <laughs> I hope you have a great uh, rest of the day. Great. Thanks, Allison. Bye. Thank you again to Melissa. Please follow her on Twitter, M. Harris Perry. Support everything she does. She's wonderful. So, guys, it's that time of the show right now. I hope you're ready. Oh. Here is, and I have to do it. Chloe's just shaking her head. Bad news. Chloe's shaking her head right now. Bad news is my time to shine. (laughs) I'm, I'm into it. Okay, so, oh yeah, all right, I'm going to save that. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Stephen Clark. Yes. Yeah, Uh, I meant to get to this last week, but, you know, Light Trees and News, we're trying to pace ourselves with with the bad news, so um, I saved it to talk about with you guys. Uh, a, a bunch of protests erupted in downtown Sacramento on Friday night after an independent autopsy revealed a young black father shot to death by police on March 18th 
was hit at least seven times in the back. Oh, so you probably heard of this story of Stephen Clark. He was in his grandmother's backyard mm-hmm. and a police report had gone out that there was a young black man breaking into cars. So the cops rolled up and claimed that Stephen Clark was, I think their story was that he jumped into the yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, I think, just doing like work for his, his grandmother. And they, he had something in his hand and they thought it was a gun and they opened fire on him and it was his cell phone. So this independent autopsy came out. They hit him seven times in the back. Obviously, that looks really bad because if you hit somebody in the back, he's running away from you Mm -hmm. and he's not a danger. So uh, there were uh, a bunch of protests that erupted in in Sacramento. And it it was kind of strange because I feel like we uh, there were a bunch of these protests around the time, you know, Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown and then. Not that the problem went away by any means. You know, police are always killing unarmed young black people. Yeah. But this really felt like it. It we were at the apex again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, just awful. I. I find it hard to have any like sympathy for police officers, and I. I don't, it's like, it's so, it, they're just such fucking cowards. And it, it, I mean, especially like, so, um, I think the Dr. Bennett, uh, um, uh, who did the autopsy said each one of these bullets possessed a fatal capacity. Mm-hmm. So they kind of shot him once and killed him. Mm-hmm. They shot him seven times. It's like, you guys shouldn't have guns. That's no. seven yeah. times in the back. In the Not back. to mention That's however back, many yeah. other, like, however well, many other shots there were. And the sequence of events, like, they get a report that somebody's breaking into cars. They go, they see a person mm. in a backyard, go into a backyard, and just open fire. Like, how are yeah. you allowed to have guns? Right. How? I mean, even if somebody's breaking into I, cars. Yeah. <sighs> Shooting them seven Sh- times in the back is like, are you fucking are you, high? Are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, what is that? Property damage? I just, like, am convinced that... And, like, I have, like, family who's, like, cops and stuff. I'm convinced that it's, like, some kind of, like, subconscious, like... I don't... This is so problematic to say, but I'm going to say it. Like, some, like... <laughs> some kind of, like, suppressed, like, rage or something that, like, pushes someone to become... Not everyone, but some people like pushes them oh, into that, that field. Oh, some, it's a, I think it's an authoritarian street. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it one. has to be right. Yeah, if you're like, like I, I believe that I should have the right to wear a uniform and, and take people's lives. And I yeah. have a you have weapon to have an all authoritarian the authoritarian streak yeah. mm-hmm. in you. I don't want that fucking job. No, I don't want a fucking gun on me. I don't want to have to make that fucking call. No. No. Yeah, you know. I also think it's just like it takes a really sick individual. I think to be like. I think to, in order to be a police officer or to side with police officers, you have to make the claim that police officer lives are worth more than citizen lives. Because well, that's the only way you can get to the point Eric, of saying that like... Blue lives do matter. Yeah. More. They matter more than others. You guys can't see how smug I look. Right yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you know, it's like that's the whole defense of like, oh, well, they feared for their lives. Right. It's like so did so the did other the people without but a gun. Who so did people who were being occupied by the police yeah. mm-hmm. who live in constant terror of the police you know oh god um yeah also like i'm sorry you harass people daily and then one time things get like maybe not going your way and you immediately shoot everything in sight like <laughs> yeah. i think i mean i think honestly and you have the moral high ground yeah, somehow yeah. because you wear a uniform like fuck that I, it fuck sounds off impossible but i think like there's gonna have to be a real conversation i think people on the left have to take the charge of like full abolition of the police yeah yeah i i think it's not trying trying to do any sort of reform or at the very yeah i mean they shouldn't be armed you couldn't i think like i i obviously think we should abolish the police but i think that more and more especially people who live in these occupied territories uh, as Chris Hayes put it, the colony within the nation, nation, colony within, a colony within it. If you live in these colonies that are occupied by police, um, that at the very least they shouldn't be armed. I think they shouldn't be armed, and they shouldn't be they shouldn't be protected by a legal monopoly on violence. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't. It's un. It's an untenable position to to have still, yeah. um, because what happens is they use that they use the legal monopoly on violence to co- enact violence on the citizens. Right, and then literally all they have to claim in order to get um, pardoned by a jury or by a judge is to say, "Well, I thought my life was in danger." They're not charging the fucking cop that killed Alt- Alton Sterling. No, they didn't even charge him. Yeah. But even if it does come to that, yeah, all they have to say is, "I thought my life was in danger." Yeah, but he was holding mm-hmm. a cell phone, not a gun, right? But I thought it was a gun. So but my, I thought, I thought it was my a life gun. was in danger. Yeah. That's a legitimate claim. That's a legitimate claim because that—that's all it takes in order to enact that. That which is like, oh, that—that's foolproof. Yeah. You can yeah. get away yeah. with murder, always. Yeah. If that if yeah. that is, if that is something that the jury says, like, well, yeah, we can't mm-hmm. disprove that. Right. Yeah. You thought your life was in danger. I mean, it's, it's, like similar, it's similar to the trans panic defense. Right. When people murder trans women mm-hmm. because they're like, but but I, di- I didn't know she was trans, so I just like freaked out. And it's, it's the defense. It's, I mean, it's a very honest defense because like, yes, this person that you've otherized, you really were afraid that they were going to destroy you by the so fact that the they thing. exist. It's like no one is yeah. disputing that police regardless of what race they are perceive black men as more of a threat than any other race right Mm yeah we know that Mm -hmm. we have studies to prove it but that doesn't mean that it's okay that that you then took a life exactly (laughs) also i would love to know what the fuck training these guys are going through that they feel like in constant danger for their lives every time they go out but i think you got a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah Mm. and i yeah i think i think sometimes what progressives we miscalculate because we're like, oh, these people must just be bad at doing this. But that's what I love about Chris Hayes' book when he when he actually does the training. Mm-hmm. Chris Hayes, who is very progressive. Yeah, he did it on a show. Goes in like yeah. the 3D training facility uh-huh. and shoots a bunch of people in the simulation that he's not supposed to shoot. 
that's a simulation Holy shit. Mm-hmm. let alone if you drop somebody in a dangerous and neighborhood like, where they actually think they might die at some point yeah. you could be the greatest person in the world it if you put a matter. gun in their yeah. hand and you perceive black men as a threat you're gonna shoot them you know yeah uh so guys let's get at this point to some good news oh yeah finally Woo! Woo! I really thought somebody was going to say something. Else. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. All right. So for today, our good news is that uh, Laura Ingram, who I'm sure Eric's a huge fan of. Oh, man. Watch her <laughs> show every night. <laughs> On Fox News, went after David Hogg, who's one of the Parkland massacre survivors. Mm-hmm. And in response, David Hogg was like, here are all of Laura Ingram's advertisers. Let's shame them for advertising on Laura Ingram's <laughs> show. Which is a tried and true method that actually does work Mm -hmm. um, going all the way back to Stop Beck uh, when... um, He had to fucking leave TV and start his own stupid website. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they got rid of all of his advertising. There was a a concentrated effort to uh, get advertisers to pull their support from Glenn Beck's show. It worked. He eventually had to leave Fox News. So now uh, Fox hosts uh, Laura Ingram has announced a vacation. She's taking a vacation. Quote, unquote. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, quote, unquote. Amid the growing backlash, Uh, advertisers have been fleeing her show. As of this recording, I think Bayer Aspirin just pulled their support. Mm -hmm. Um, (coughs) By Friday evening. 14 companies had announced they were pulling their ads. One of them is like uh, health insurance or something, I think. Uh, uh, Nutrish, TripAdvisor, Wayfair, Expedia, uh, Nestle, Johnson & Johnson, Stitch Fix, Hulu. Hulu? What the fuck? Uh, Jose Bank, Office Depot, Jenny Craig, Miracle, Ear, Liberty Mutual, and Principal. I think Liberty Mutual, I saw somebody tweet, is like the title sponsor of the show. <laughs> and they dropped it. Oh, they wow. are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is great news. Good on David Hogg. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to remind people because apparently there's still some confusion over this. This is not a violation of the First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, it's, it, you know, it's funny. Including like Brian uh, Stetler. Is that his name? I don't uh, know. The CNN guy. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he's like one of the like, he's not, but he's supposed to be like nonpartisan media oh, guys. Goodness. And he was like, oh, this sets a dangerous precedent. No, it fucking doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. Nope. No, because if there wasn't a good reason, if, if fucking, if she hadn't done anything and David Hogg was just like, let's go after advertisers, like her advertisers have been like, no, what? Like, yeah, right. Here's why Laura Ingram lost support for her dumb fucking show. <laughs> she was making fun of kids who survived a gun massacre. Yeah. She should lose support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Liberty Mutual recognized that and was like, mm. there's no constitutional requirement that we support Laura Ingram's show. No, no also, and, and also for like a bunch of people who 
talk so much shit about supporting like the free market like this is exactly what the free market is designed for right like yep. they advertise on our show a bunch of people are like hey her show's bad um and they were like yeah you know what you're right and they pulled their money <laughs> like you know what i mean like whenever yeah. people talk about like oh such a dangerous president basically what you're saying is these companies should be forced to give her money right that's what you're saying if you're if you're not gonna allow boycotts or allow people to like it wasn't like David Hogg showed up with like fucking pitchforks at the like the offices for these companies, which I also would have supported. Well, I mean, I would have been on board. Did. But, I mean, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's like all he did was start a campaign to bring to their attention this shit that she's doing. Yeah. Um, t- tweeting some fucking bullshit about his grades, which he has good grades. Yeah. He had a four point two GPA. And like, who cares? Also, it was just like, yeah. oh, he didn't get into some colleges, but like, you know what I mean? Like. All he did was bring it to their attention and they all dropped their money. It's their money to choose what to do. Yeah. With. That's that's what all these people pay so much lip service to for the free market is that these companies should be able to do whatever they want. I love when she tried to backpedal and she was like, what did she say? The spirit of, did she try to link it to Easter where she's like, the yeah, spirit of the holiday. in the spirit of Holy Week. <laughs> in the spirit of Holy Week, I... Did she actually apologize or she was like... She did apologize, but she never admitted to doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was just like, you know, and, and and David Hogg like rejected her apology and was like, no, you 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 are you're apologizing because you just lost a shit ton of money. Yeah. And you're probably about to get fired. Yeah. Also, um, I'm sure Jesus is really proud of you, Laura. Right. I'm sure Jesus is up there on, on the cross just clapping away right. like, yeah, Laura. I mean, he would be clapping, but they nailed his hands to the cross. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Chloe. I know nothing about <laughs> <laughs> You know that much. You know Jesus I got nailed healed, to the cross. got nailed to the cross, yeah. woke up in a cave. Guys, oh, but if it's post-crucifixion, less air resistance on his hands right. to clap. But his hands oh. probably are sore. Yeah. That's uh, true. So, <laughs> I mean, can we just celebrate the fact that a high schooler might have taken down Laura Ingram? <laughs> that makes my heart happy. So, like, Emma so Gonzalez happy. and David Hogg just are like, just on a fucking rampage of good. Can we, like, <laughs> s- like speculate and dream about if they were, like, president and vice president? Oh, oh yeah. my God. Emma Gonzalez would be president, oh, obviously. My, oh, <laughs> anyone was wondering. Yeah. David Hogg would be cool with that. Maybe, like, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down oh, with wow. that. I would support that. Oh, oh, I mean, oh. at this point, it can't possibly be worse. No, I'll. They don't have to turn thirty-five. I'll take them as they are now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can lead the country. That's true. I oh, I can run for president now. That's something I can do now. Whoa! Finally, <laughs> oh, I can stop this podcast. <laughs> run out. for president. <laughs> Finally. Have you, have you ever have you ever seen the bit that Connor Ratliff does on the Chris Gethard show? <laughs> no. He he. Uh, oh God. He started a campaign for president based on the platform that he turned thirty five and was <laughs> eligible to run for president. <laughs> that was his whole campaign. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Allison, oh if you did run for president, yes. which of your cats would be your running mate? Oh. oh. God, Penny. Penny would get the job done. Yeah, Desi sleeping. Yeah. Desi would probably send out his press secretary. <laughs> there you go. There He's you go. Wrong. I was He's like, kidding. he needs a softball job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like one ball. that he can win with charm. Yeah. <laughs> his little tuxedo. Oh. How does Penny oh feel about God. universal basic income? Uh, she thinks it's for the week. Mm. And she's going to get my conservative states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. I'm glad we answered that. Guys. <laughs> Have you signed up at Light Treason News yet? You should. Light Treason.news for as little as $5 a month. For a brief second, I thought you were asking us 
Was, yeah. Oh, you can't leave yeah. the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, please go do that. If you've done that already, please go to iTunes and subscribe and rate us there. That's the easiest, best way to help the show. It's how we get on the top iTunes charts where more people can hear us. And yeah, guys, please follow Chloe on here we go on twitter <laughs> at it's yep. the chew correct at eric e-r-e-k underscore smith and at bohemian faith mm. hell yeah uh do you guys want to plug anything else no. uh, that's it i think that's it your, your your twitter name always confuses me because i i just there's a show called the chew yeah. oh yeah 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 I, every time I'm like, do you oh. ever get confused people who think you're the chew um, I don't think so. The Mindy Kaling show followed me once, and I I was like, maybe. I mean, definitely. I'll tell you, they thought you because <laughs> they unfollowed me like three days. They were like, oh, that's just some lady. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are all these weird tweets on our timeline about drugs? And that's not the truth. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Bye. 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 Bye.